Hello and welcome back to the NDL show. It is episode 51 and we're here to have some challenging discourse as is the usual. And ushering us into it is Ifeli with this track featuring Jinji called Tide.
What a chilled way to get into an episode that has a very heated discussion waiting for you. It is I Feli featuring Genji. The song is called Tide. Now, something special about this project from which the song comes from is that it is a compilation of variations of this very song and it's quite dope because there are amazing producers who each had their hand in flipping the song to fit their signature sounds. Mm. So do check it out. The project is called Tide Remixes. Follow I Feli on the socials at I Feli underscore. Let us know what you think of the music as usual. A huge shout out to everyone who tuned into our celebratory episode last week. And speaking about that, a word from the producer. It is not what we do, but why. We do what we do because it fuels the conversations that drive a shift in perspective. That challenges the perceived narrative that accepting what is, is how it should be. Through these conversations, we want to ignite purpose and encourage the youth to use their powers, abilities, and voices to drive change. With this platform, our aim is to interrogate the social issues we face and seek to provide solutions through thoughtful and informative conversations. From our hearts, we'd like to express our deepest gratitude to the esteemed guests that walked with us through the journey in reaching 50 episodes. We thank you for giving us your time and your expert input in our powerful conversations. Guests from a range of industry professionals, professors, doctors, government officials, civil servants, activists, artists, free thinkers, leaders, game changers, and role models. Thank you to all the artists, musicians, and producers that allowed us the pleasure of using their amazing music on the NDL show. And lastly, I'd like to say thank you to the listeners. Thank you for taking that 40 minutes to listen to the show. Thank you for constantly sharing your communication with us, and thank you for constantly challenging us to be the best that we can be. I'd like to say thank you to the host of the NDL show. Uh, without you, there is no NDL show. So thank you for creating this platform and thank you for sharing your work, your sweat and your tears with us. We appreciate you and we wish you all the best for the future. 50 to 100 to a thousand. Let's go! I'm telling you, you heard it right here. We're only going bigger with this show. On whichever platform it is that you are listening to this conversation, please do follow or subscribe right there. Do rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And we're doing this thing where we're trying to get you to participate on the show because we value your opinion via the polls and questions that we post on Spotify. So do check that out and also subscribe on Spotify as well. So please do look out for that. Most importantly, share the show with the people you love and and care about. If you know someone or are someone who is musically inclined, I don't know what you're waiting for. Submit your music or any other inquiries to our email on the NDL show one at gmail.com. You can purchase your own NDL t-shirt, sweater or hoodie by DMing us. Orders are confirmed by payment. You and I have a lot to get into, so do stay tuned.
Coming up on episode 51 on the NDL show, we talk politics that have been surrounding Miss Essay in the past and present, as well as why this year's Miss Universe is problematic with the board member of the Africa for Palestine organization. All of this coming up, stay tuned. This is the NDL show. now to discuss Miss Essay and Miss Universe being held in Israel this year is board member of the Africa for Palestine organization Bram Hanakom. Now from my observations of the responses to this in recent weeks, I get the sense that not many people are fully aware of the severity of the violence that has been taking place in Israel for a long time now. And we're here to discuss why it is important for South Africa and other countries to show its stance by not participating in the Miss Universe pageant set to take place in Israel. Bram, welcome and thank you so much for joining us on the NDL show. Uh, Good morning and thank you so much for having me. Definitely. Let's start at the beginning, Bram, before we get into the politics of this year's Miss Universe. Can you paint a brief picture for us of what the current state of Israel looks like and why it is important for us to join forces in solidarity against what is happening there? The situation um, that Israel uh, is enforcing upon the Palestinian people is absolutely horrific. Uh, More and more, we've seen international organizations, including the UN and the EU, speaking out uh, against what has transpired and what is currently transpiring. Unlike our history in South Africa, where there was uh, colonization and land dispossession, in Israel, it's current. It's not historic. It's current. Uh, Not only have they taken land, but they're continuing to take more land uh, and violating every international agreement they've signed. I mean, making the... uh, city of Jerusalem, the capital for, for, for Israel and the U.S. opening an embassy there was an absolute travesty and absolute violation of international law. And it, it indicates that if left un, 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 unaddressed, we are allowing colonization to happen under our very watch, invasion of land and takeover mm. by um, Israel and, and, and Israel to an extent is part and parcel of the United States of America. And I hear you on Israel being part and parcel of the United States. Can you maybe break that down for us? I mean, the instability in Israel is one that dates back 100 years and more. What is your perspective of why the violence has gone on for so long without interventions from the international community? Well, the United States of America has been uh, very uh, largely captured by the Israeli lobby and um, they use their lobbyists to fund uh, congressmen in their local government elections. And by the time they become senior politicians and even presidents in the United States of America, they're they're so entrenched in in, in supporting uh, Israel. Uh, It's the uh, one requirement. And in fact, the Israeli lobby in the United States fund both the Democrats and the Republicans. So at the... um, national federal government level in the United States of America, Israel is way more powerful than, uh, than let's say, um, the Gupta family might have been in South Africa at some point. Uh, the lobbyists of Israel uh, truly call the shots. And if you speak out against Israel in, 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 in the United States of America, your prospects of becoming president are extremely uh, hindered. When we see elections coming, it always happens that APEC, a uh, Israeli lobby, host the presidential hopefuls across the spectrum and they all pledge their support, pledge to give billions more of uh, military support and funding to the Israeli government. So the United States of America is controlled by a lobby 
that's based in Israel and has Israeli interests, but not just in terms of the nation of Israel, but the corrupt looting and profiting from the American taxpayers uh, happens because this lobby send money to um, to Israel and uh, then when it gets to Israel, they end up getting the profits and uh, earning huge profits from it. So much like lobbyists might influence government to spend money at particular SOEs or particular companies that they have big interests and profit from it. That's what the Israeli lobby is doing in the United States of America. And uh, all in all, you're not sure whether whether Israel controls America or America uh, and whether America has any power over Israel, because it seems like Israel can dictate to the United States of America how much money they get from the American taxpayer. So that maybe explains why internationally it's been very hard to hold uh, Israel to account because the United States of America is one of the biggest nations in the world and has incredible power globally. And the amount of effort they put into promoting blind support of Israel uh, is absolutely immense. And uh, we're now finally seeing that change. We're seeing developments that weaken the uh, stronghold that the Israeli government have over the, um, uh, over the world. Sure. In that sense, the Israeli government's influence on the U.S. is so powerful that the U.S. does nothing to intervene because that would mean acting against the Israeli government, of which it is an ally to, for some interesting reason. And I want to know from you, Bram, you know, what misconceptions have you observed that many people have about what is actually happening in Israel? Much like with the apartheid South Africa, there are some people who try to say, look, it's a religious issue. You know, the, the Bible said the dark people of Canaan were born mm. to serve. So therefore, black South Africans mustn't be given an education at a management level. They're only going to be servants. They're only going to work for us. So why then should uh, black people be given education? This was the narrative apartheid South Africa used to justify Bantu education. Mm. Um, this narrative of... Um, God being a real estate agent, uh, this misrepresentation of the historical facts and geography of the region, uh, which tries to claim that thousands of years ago, hundreds of, yeah, thousands of years ago, the Jewish people owned the land. So therefore that mm. land must be owned currently. Discarding people who've lived there for generations and grabbing their land. It would be similar to saying the first human beings were located in a cradle of humankind area so therefore uh, people from europe can come and take that land because historically they came from there sure it's, it's, it doesn't make sense equally equally you've got shangan people in uh, KZ, uh, from kzn who when chief shangan fled after failing to defeat shaka uh, shaka zulu the, the the king the the people of shangan migrated to limpopo province and other places and established themselves there do we now go and say that the Shangan are meant to be able to go and reclaim land from KZN? Where does one draw the line? And that's yeah. just within 100 or 200 years. When you've got a, a, a group of extremists saying that 1,000 years ago, apparently that was our land, so we are allowed to take it back, it really indicates an abuse of um, theology and, 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 and interpretation mm. of religion and, and history. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Now let's get to what's happening right now with regard to Miss South Africa. Beauty pageants are often accompanied with the trademark to empower women and promotes equality for all. But what came to your mind when it was announced that this year's Miss Universe pageant would be taking place in Israel, you know, given the crimes against humanity that are committed in that state? When we look at the history of Miss South Africa and the history of beauty pageants around the world, there were times in our history as a country where these pageants were used 
Uh, and Sun International uh, was, was definitely involved in trying to glorify and legitimize apartheid South Africa during the time when the world was sanctioning South Africa. Uh, Sun International owned the company and the trademark from South Africa at the time. And, uh, you know, they, they built uh, big fancy hotels like, um, what's this one in, uh, in North, Northwest? Yeah, and they tried to promote South Africa as a wonderful holiday destination at a time when it was hardcore apartheid and the people, even Sun International at the time, were benefiting from uh, the oppression of black people and uh, not affording basic human rights to workers and so on. Mm -hmm. So the use of pageants and these um, events to, to sanitize countries that are uh, guilty of incredible human rights violations, not a new thing. And mm. in fact, the link between apartheid South Africa and Israel is, was very strong. It's apparent that they're using the same playbook. And ironically, Miss South Africa and South Africa was on the receiving end of these boycotts and protests. In 1976, nine women withdrew from participating in a Miss World pageant based on the fact that apartheid South Africa was represented. Miss South Africa was on the wrong side of history then, yeah. uh, not long ago. Other things that are interesting for people to be aware of is that up until 1990, Miss South Africa was only white woman. And it was so deliberate and conscious that they even created another outfit called Miss Africa South, mm. which accommodated black, Indian and colored people. So you'd go to a world pageant and there'd be a Miss Africa South and a Miss South Africa competing as though they were two separate states from South Africa. The history of Miss South Africa doesn't end there. This brand, only uh, about 10 or 15 years ago, held the 60-year anniversary of, of Miss South Africa. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there was some backlash because they didn't allow the Black Miss Africa South people to participate and to be part of the celebrations. They only used all the white women that had previously been part of these pageants. So in a sense, uh, it seems we have a brand that thinks that um, it can act with impunity, a brand that promoted and supported and advertised and sold apartheid South Africa to the world and tried to make it look beautiful, defying what our government, what our people, what our country, what our foreign policy position is, to go and present themselves and pretend to be ambassadors from our country and legitimize apartheid Israel in defiance of what all of most of the uh, human rights loving South Africans believe. And uh, really, for a private company called Miss South Africa to still want to proceed when the government announced that they're withdrawing support just indicates how captured Miss South Africa is. It's come to our attention that the CEO of um, Nine Squared, the company that bought the rights, Miss Stephanie Well, is the CEO of Miss South Africa and the owner of the company that bought the trademark and the company of Miss South Africa. Mm. It's come to our attention that they have been uh, one of their clients is the Jewish National Front, a very, very hardcore apartheid Israel structure that has um, been guilty of stealing land and planting trees upon stolen Palestinian land. Uh, and and this, is, this is an indication that Miss South Africa, the company, is lying to the public if they want to say they are neutral, is lying to the public if they want to say that they uh, want to have both sides heard. In fact, they're very, very deeply and squarely entrenched in this uh, pro-Israel lobby. And therefore, mm -hmm. um, are willing to destroy the reputation and the brand of Miss South Africa by proceeding in defiance of the country.
I appreciate the history that you have taken us through because I'm not sure that many of us are truly aware of all that you have just mentioned, Bram. And the Palestine Solidarity Alliance posted screenshots that alleged that they were blocked by our now reigning Ms. S.A. Lale Lamswane. In response, the organization stated that she was worried about her own self-gains, quote-unquote. Do you resonate with that statement? Why do you think it is that she might have gone that route and done that? Yeah, no, I said it's really disturbing when Again, if we look back at the history of Miss South Africa, in 1970, there was a world pad, Miss World pageant. And Miss Africa South and Miss South Africa went together. And there was an interview where the Miss South Africa was asked, you know, uh, do you, who are you and where are you from? She said, they asked, was it open to everyone? She said, no, only white South Africans. Mm-hmm. And then they asked uh, Pearl Jansen, a Cape Tonian so-called colored woman, who was representing Africa South, they asked her, you know, how did you get here and so on? Was your tournament open to all women? She said, yes, but uh, whites didn't participate in our tournament. They were allowed to, but they didn't, to get to being Miss Africa South. And the interview went on. And then they were asked, you know, um, do they feel like they represent the country? And Miss Pearl Jansen went on to be the runner-up in that Miss World pageant. Um, However, in the interview, she spoke about how the way they see it is that we've got two participants. It doubles our chances of South Africa winning. Now, it looked like quite a shocking kind of comment to, to say in the interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Miss Pearl Jansen, and we've shared on our social media a video of it, Miss Pearl Jansen, the same woman, talks about how she was green behind the ears. She went there and the uh, security police, the apartheid police, were all over her. They met with her, they told her what she had to say, and they made it very clear to her that she would have to go into exile if she didn't follow the toe, or toe the line. Now, sadly, when I look at Ms. Pearl Jansen's photos and videos of her so beautiful when she was young in 1970, and I look at our current uh, Ms. South Africa Lalela, I think to myself, you know, here's another black woman being used to sanitize an apartheid regime. Uh, being abused and used. Of course, for Pearl Jansen at the time, it was also a big opportunity in her life. Sadly, she's living on a Sasa pension right now and resides in Bontierville in Cape Town. So certainly there was no benefit of being a black woman from South Africa doing well internationally under an apartheid regime. All she did was do these interviews that made South Africa not look as bad as it actually was. Now, for Lalela, it appears to us that firstly, she wins a tournament. She becomes Miss South Africa. This is an opportunity to go into this big, glamorous event. The organization that's in charge tells her, we think you should go. Says, don't be bullied, don't be tricked, don't be manipulated, don't be forced to do something you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. If you want to go, we're going to support you. Now, that is terrible advice when Kosatu, the biggest trade uh, confederation of trade unions on the continent, issues mm-hmm. a press statement withdrawing. When the EFF say withdraw, the ANC issue a press statement saying withdraw, the government say withdraw, new ANC Women's League, Aljama Party, NFP Party, so many organizations are saying withdraw. And the advice from Miss South Africa to Miss South Africa from the organization is go ahead, even though you're going to look like the devil, go ahead, we'll support you if you decide to go. Instead of saying, listen, we can't send you to be butchered. We can't let you be a person whose reputation is destroyed over this issue. Why don't you go next year? We can postpone Miss South Africa tournament or we can uh, send Miss South Africa next year to Miss World instead of Miss Universe. And mm-hmm. you can go to Miss Universe next year and we'll just, uh, the third runner up, we won't elect in the next pageant next year. 
the truth about it is there's nothing neutral about what Nine Squared are doing. And the saddest thing about it is we've tried really, really hard to bring into focus Stephanie Well and Nine Squared, the company that owns Miss Africa, because we hold them truly responsible. And what they wanted to do was use La Lela. It's incredible that in this year of going to apartheid Israel, that all three people that were found to win the first and the two runners up were all black South African women. Never has it happened before. But sure, I suppose yes. if you know you're going to apartheid Israel, it's convenient to have black faces and to look like you're not a, a white organization. So sure. now when we look back, we have to ask questions around how, how did it happen that not even one white person out of three got there. Maybe it was deliberate, maybe it wasn't. We can't speculate more. But it's hell of a convenient when you're going to go sanitize the reputation of apartheid Israel by participating as a country that suffered under apartheid you're sending a black woman to go be the four person. And when she comes back, her reputation will be in tatters. Mm. Now, the sad thing is that Stephanie Well and them obviously thought, hey, there's no problem here. We will continue getting our funding. Our organization will still have money. Next year, we'll have a new Miss South Africa and everyone will hate Lalela for going to Israel. And we'll have a new Miss South Africa and we carry on earning money because yeah. that's another thing. Miss South Africa is uh, owned by Nine Square, which profits and earns money off the face of the Miss South Africa's. So if essentially Miss South Africa, the organization and the company gets the bulk of the money that one gets for being Miss South Africa, if that makes sense. And uh, they want to continue doing that and they have no regard for whoever's the face of the organization for a year and they'll use her. And, uh, and I think that's what's happening here. I am a bit relieved because you said that you're focusing on the company as opposed to putting the blame solely on her as an individual because I'm wondering what is really happening on her side, you know, the side that we do not see. Bram, is it unfair to expect her not to go and in so doing maybe lose her credibility as a model in the industry? I don't think she'll lose any credibility by not going. She'll be very, very well respected across society here. But... Um, and it would be very interesting. We'd love to see her as Miss South Africa, La Lela, saying she's not going to go. But we understand that um, Stephanie Wells, her boss, Stephanie Wells probably handling the um, payments to her bank account every month. Mm. She's the, um, they're the organization that got Miss La Lela fancy 2 million rand Mercedes Benz for the year. They've got the accommodation, the rental uh, being paid in the apartment in Santon. So La Lela's life is entirely in the hands of mm-hmm. Stephanie Well and the South African organization. Should she choose to defy them when they've made it very clear what their view is, then um, she may end up being evicted from that place, not being given the support, not receiving her monies each month, and um, maybe even being uh, essentially unemployed by them. Having mm-hmm. said that, we mustn't be too soft on Lalela. She is a law graduate. She's obviously very uh, capable, a strong woman, uh, educated, According to Miss South Africa, she's gotten about 4 million rands worth of prizes since she won. She, um, she's famous. Um, I'm sure that there's an abundance of opportunity, even if she were not to um, go to uh, apartheid Israel for this Miss Universe. Uh, and if Miss South Africa were serious and they cared about her and her opportunity to go to Miss Universe, they could send her next year. Mm. There's a Miss Universe every year. We mm. don't need to go to this one. That is true, you know, now with the response from the Miss SA organization, given the withdrawal of government support along with other institutions, what do you predict the perception of Miss SA will be moving forward? Do you think that we will continue to support the pageant next year when they look for their new faces or will they lose some sort of credibility and respect from South Africans? Stephanie Well and Nine uh, uh, Nine Squared and uh, the, the company and trademark Miss South Africa. Um, 
will have lost all respect for our um, for their brand. We, we we communicated with the acting director general of Home Affairs and got in writing confirmation that uh, they will not be allowed to travel on uh, diplomatic passports this year. Yeah. Uh, we've gotten from our government that government's withdrawing their support. Um, the entirety of South Africa basically said if she goes, then I mean, uh, look, quite frankly, her her participating and going in this context is is quite meaningless because she uh, she does not represent South Africa. And I think the world now knows that because our government has said so and the vast majority of our people have said so. But what that means then is Miss South Africa is not uh, an attractive company to sponsor going forward. Mm. Miss South Africa is not a, um, is not Miss South Africa anymore. Miss South Africa is now Miss Nine Squared spokesperson for Stephanie Well. Mm. That's what she is. She's no longer representing our people or our country. Mm. A lot of funny uh, but half serious memes and jokes going around online, including mm. somebody who put up the logo of the Miss South Africa company and saying, look, when they go there, they must use this as the flag. Mm, 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 mm. You know, because yeah. they don't represent the country. Yeah. So I don't think that there's any coming back from this. And if they think that we're the kind of uh, unprincipled uh, uh, individuals who let such crookery and uh, vulgar behavior go unaccounted for, they're going to get a wake-up call because, you know, we can quite easily protest and uh, express ourselves in the next Miss South Africa pageant. You know, it's not public uh, yet, but uh, we have contacted one of the main sponsors, Brand SA, and they are having a meeting, an urgent meeting with um, South Africa. Now, demand is that they must withdraw their sponsorship. Mm. So we will, uh, um, um, we will make sure that uh, from here, Miss South Africa and the world know that Miss South Africa does not represent our people. They can reduce themselves into uh, a, a brand in the same way that Nike doesn't necessarily represent America or the country from which it is. Yeah. Uh, the spokesperson for a private company that happens to be called, uh, and, and, and by the way, nothing stops anyone else then from starting a new outfit. Uh, we, I know that uh, it's something that I've chatted to Chief Mantla Mandela about and said, look, why don't you? Chief Mandela Mandela start a, a Miss South Africa alternative, um, the real Miss South Africa or Miss South Africa. Yeah, something because it's just the trademark that they have and yeah. the reputation they have and the link that they have to Miss World and so on, Miss Universe, yeah. seems all to be very, very entrenched in this uh, very, very hardcore American Zionist pro-Israel grouping, yeah. which um, cannot abuse our people and brand. Yeah. There's even talk about legal action around the use of the term ambassador because on what basis do they call her an ambassador mm, mm, she's mm. not an ambassador for our government yeah. uh, you know just a, a little thing that i've maybe forgotten to mention is that for two years we haven't had an ambassador in, in, in israel we removed our ambassador two years ago we've downgraded our diplomatic relations our head of mission in ramallah our top diplomat on behalf of our country was manhandled and verbally abused by Israeli uh, police only mm -hmm. three weeks ago when he asked questions about why the Palestinians he was with were not being allowed to pick their olives. And now in this context, we've got somebody who wants to go and pretend she's the president of our country or an ambassador of our country. She's the first lady of our country or she's the Miss South Africa. And the website says ambassador for South Africa. And then, and, and, you know, our government is withdrawn support and Durko is not going to give a diplomatic passport. So who is she representing? Mm. What is she representing if she proceeds? And uh, in terms of the Miss South Africa brand, it does render it completely redundant. 
And as we conclude, Bram, you know, considering your time and engaging with this discourse, what can be done by us that is realistic as the youth and the international community to effect change in Israel? We need to understand our own um, responsibility. We're not a normal country. We're a country that still is battling with unfinished business regarding what we went through as a country um, from apartheid and the colonial period prior to that. Uh, we're a country that obtained its freedom, yes, through uh, um, armed struggle, yes, through acts of resistance, but in huge part also through global sanctions and isolation. Yeah. We were the biggest beneficiaries uh, of international solidarity uh, 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 on the continent. Uh, we benefited immensely. In fact, de Klerk and others negotiated because there wasn't an alternative. They were not allowed to export their grapes. They couldn't export their diamonds and their gold. The people were not allowed to, uh, embassies were not allowed in countries around the world from South Africa. Diplomatic relations had collapsed with the world. And therefore, uh, through that isolation, the all-powerful white regime uh, at that time, which had nuclear power, from a military perspective, it would have been very hard because unfortunately, you may have 10 million people on one side, but if somebody has a nuclear bomb and an air force, mm. it's hard to defeat the apartheid regime. Yeah. So we, we might not have been able to, to win in South Africa against apartheid based on uh, stones, rockets, AK-47s, and so on. Uh, uh, it would have been very hard to beat the nuclear-powered apartheid regime. But by crippling them such that white people themselves were no longer able to travel like they wanted to, such that the big business people, the Oppenheimers, the Ruperts, etc., were not able to earn the money they wanted to earn, uh, such that uh, you know the president of the country was an embarrassment. De Klerk was an embarrassment until he entered into the negotiations because you're the president of a pariah state. So we as South Africa have that history. What we do or don't do matters more than most countries in the world because we are the benchmark. The world is looking at South Africa and saying when Cyril Ramaphosa said that it's apartheid in Israel, it's meaningful because we know apartheid. Mm. Um, and therefore, when, when any of our people sell out, it's very, very detrimental to the human rights and dignity of the Palestinian people. Yeah. So that is why, you know, we may be accused of being bullish and so on. Quite frankly, if activism is bullying, then, then so be it. If protesting outside a corrupt politician or businessman's house, take, for example, the Guptas or whomever, if that's considered bullying the Guptas, then so be it. If mm. protesting against a woman going and tarnishing our reputation and throwing our really um, important history of struggle under the bus mm. with uh, as a black face for a private company mm. called Miss South Africa, which is trying to pre present itself as representing us, then we have no choice but to protest. And, and I don't think that's bullying. I think it's activism. But bullying or activism, young people mustn't be intimidated to be quiet when they see wrongdoing. Mm. Uh, it's, 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 it's not okay uh, for our country to be uh, embarrassed and tarnished in this international uh, arena. It's a disgrace if she does go. But fortunately, even if she goes now, it's quite meaningless because luckily the whole world and the country know very well that she's going in defiance of our country, our government, our people because of the activism that's been done.
Mm-hmm. Definitely, Bram, you have taken us through a lot of international relations lectures in just a few minutes here. And that has really left me with a lot to think about. And I believe that that will ring true for the listeners as well. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. Thank you. That was Bram Anakom from the Africa for Palestine organization. Please check them out on Insta at Africa for Palestine as well as Bram at Bram Anakom as well. This is quite an interesting debate that has been ongoing for a while now. Please do let me in on your thoughts about your overall perspective from this conversation as well as what you think is the appropriate response from our current Miss Essay. Are we being too much? We are at the NDL show on the socials. And listen, you can also give us your thoughts by responding to our q and a on spotify and of course subscribe there as well thank you so much for listening the wonderful 50s were finally here we leave you with this beautiful single by Gemma fussy called all i need from my producer talani sidra and i catch you on the next one